Welcome back to Decom Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And this week, we're gonna go back in time with Minutemen. Oh. This is our first movie from 2008. This was January 25th, 2008. We only have, there are three official decoms from 2008, and then High School Musical 3 is also 2008. So. Oh. So this is a short year. <laughs> and they're kind of similar. Like, the coming up years, there's only a couple, or like a few per year, so. Oh, wow. We're gonna get through this fast. Zoom fast. <laughs> zoom past them. Um, Minutemen, if you don't know, it's about time travel, so. Got a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. It's also just full of himbo kings. Yes, I love it. I think that this I movie forgot how may much have I been, like, the origin of my love for himbo. For himbo. Before, before I even knew what a himbo was, I knew that I loved them. Even though we're literally dealing with, like, the smartest teenagers that have ever lived. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but. Himbo energy. Yes. is what we like to it's see. It's the respect of women, truly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen this movie. Uh, it's been a while. I forgot a lot that happened. Uh, but I forgot how much I liked it. Same. I really, really <laughs> I liked this as a kid. Surprised. I thought that I only liked it because I thought that the main characters were cute. Like, all three of them. Back in the day, I did not appreciate Nicholas Braun as we're I We're going to talk about Nicholas Braun. <laughs> yeah. I did not appreciate him as I should have, but I loved Luke Benward and Jason Dolly. So I think that part of it was like, oh, I just, like, had a crush on them. I thought it was funny. But, like, no, it's still funny. <laughs> yeah, it holds up. So. Um, obviously, this movie stars Jason Dolly, who we met in Read It and Weep. His hair is still perpetually it's just like swollen. Ever, I, <laughs> right? I was in love with this man. I tell you, at ten years old, when I watched this, I was not. <laughs> but I also met the new love of my life in this movie. So, um, yes, this movie also stars Luke Benward. And I would just like to say, I don't care if I sound like a stupid hipster, I loved him before it was cool because back in fifth before grade, he went through puberty. <laughs> I was 10 years old, so it's fine. Back in fifth grade, I had a huge crush on him. Me and my friend Courtney, who I'll talk about in the next episode when we get to Camp Rock, um, uh, we both had a huge crush on him, and our friend literally printed out pictures of him, like, just from her, like, home printer, and put magnets on the back so we could put it, like, by our lockers or, like, by our desks. So we had these lockers. In fifth grade, we had them, like, in our room. But oh. we had these little pictures of little Luke Benward. <laughs> Huge crush on this man. <laughs> Loved him. And then Dumpling came out and... Yeah, he's super fucking hot now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's um, the main love interest in Dumplin'. Um, if you've never seen Life of the Party, it's this movie that starts with <laughs> Alyssa McCarthy where she goes back to college at the same time as her daughter. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> he also plays Melissa, Melissa McCarthy's love interest. Yeah. It, like, flew under her. the radar probably because, like, stupid, like, film bros are like, is that funny? It's really funny. I remember having a great time in the theater. Oh, yeah. It's good. Um, he was also apparently in Girl Makes World, but I feel like I stopped watching it at that point. Yeah, I don't, I think he was only there, like, two episodes, like, yeah, I don't know who I don't he know. was. He met them and he was like, that's what life is about, you guys. Yeah. That's what happened in every episode. Back in the day, though, he was in Because of When Dixie. And I yes! remember he was one of the kids with the shaved head. Yeah, he was one of the Dewberry, Dewberry? Dewberry twins. I saw that and I was looking through his IMDb and I was like, oh my god, he was! Well, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can picture that totally. <laughs> he was also in How to Eat Fried Worms, which I never watched I or never read. I never saw, but the commercials made me sick. <laughs> well, the commercials I remember, and I never read it, but the class behind me in school read it, like, during their English class. And so then they got to see the movie for, like, Ooh, when it was fun. in the theaters. And I was jealous. So. The commercials for it looked disgusting. Like, even it, as a child, I was like, ew. It also had the little brother from Freaky Friday, which I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, he, he was in Ravenswood, apparently. I think I watched a few episodes, but it was bad. So. I did not. <laughs> um, we'll see him later in Cloud Nine, the DCOM. Um, he was in Good Luck Charlie for a minute. After. Yeah, I did not know that. It was, it was like the final season, I think, I, so I was not watching at that point. I think I've only seen like the first season-ish of Good Luck Charlie. I think I could count the episodes of Good Luck Charlie I've seen on one hand. Yeah, it was like sort of the time when we were growing out of Disney Channel that yeah. Good Luck Charlie premiered. Yeah. I know like I've seen like an episode that he was in, maybe I was just like flipping through the channels, but he, after <laughs> um, Teddy found out that Spencer was cheating on her and they broke up, he became her new love interest for oh, a minute. I wonder if him and Jason Dolly are like friends, like bros from oh, Minute I, Yeah, I wonder if they're like, hey man, <laughs> what's <laughs> good up? Good to see you again. <laughs> um, but it didn't matter anyway, because I'm pretty sure Spencer, or Char- Teddy and Spencer got back together. Yeah, I know that he cheated on her, because I remember that And episode. then she like fucking went to Harvard, because of course she did. I didn't see that. It was, yeah, I think I, like, watched the last episode just because it was the last, I don't know, it was terrible. Anyway, um, <laughs> Luke Bedward also played the little autistic boy in Dear John. Ah, uh, don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was in this, like, it was in this movie called Mostly Ghostly. I don't really remember it. The only thing I remember well, okay. about it is that it starred Lindsay Lohan's little sister. <laughs> I remember Mostly Ghostly, but it said video by it, so I was confused. I remember Mostly Ghostly, and I think I remember it because Courtney and I loved Luke Benward. <laughs> we also loved, like, R.L. Stein. It was, like, an R.L. Yeah. Stein thing. I just remember seeing commercials, and they were, like, they were always, like, starring Allie Lohan. <laughs> I don't remember Allie Lohan. I remember Luke Benward. Um, He's- lastly, he was in the Concrete Angel music video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As the boy who befriends the little girl who dies from uh, parental abuse. If you know, you know. <laughs> um, lastly, he's dating the girl from Modern Family. Ariel Winter. Yeah, good for him. Winter. Good for him, I guess. It's fine. And he was <laughs> he was dating a blonde girl who Olivia I thought was Holt. Dove Cameron, but it was not. Olivia Holt. No, she was yeah. in, like, that karate show. Yeah, kicking it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I respect Luke Benward's relationship, but if he's ever single again, hello. I am free. I am available. I have loved you since I was 10 years old. <laughs> That's it. That's my pitch. I have loved you since I was 10 years old. That's my pitch. That's it. We um, used to literally quote the lines that he said in this movie, which I, like. Okay, I, they're really good lines, though. Well, yeah. No, as soon as I heard them, I was like, oh my god, I fucking remember all of this. It literally, like, came back to my brain. So. Um, next we have King Nicholas Braun. Himbo King. I, I have never Nicholas seen him Braun. not play a himbo. It's so good. Oh my god. Amazing. Okay, so we're gonna go back to the beginning. He was the glow-in-the-dark kid from Sky High. Yes. Great. Love him. He was a Incredible. great comedic relief. Um, we'll see him later in Princess Protection Program. I do not remember his role very well. I do not, but I remember, um, before Princess Protection Program came out, I remember seeing, like, all of them hang out together on social media because I was, like, very into Demi Lovato at the time, and I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be amazing. This is gonna be so cool, so. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) This was, like, back in the early days of Twitter, and I remember I followed him specifically because he was, like, yeah, he was, like, tweeting about, like, Demi Lovato and Selena and, like, all of them together, and I was like, oh. During the time when they, like, first announced Princess Protection Program, uh, my, like, best friend in middle school, she had given up watching Disney Channel and Nickelodeon for Lent. She's like, I still watch, like, other things, but because, like, Disney and Nickelodeon are my favorite. So I was like, oh, yeah, like, did you know that, like, Demi and Selena are gonna be in a movie together? She's like, oh, my two favorite actresses are gonna be in a movie together? I can't believe no one told me until now. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um... <laughs> 
He played Cameron in the short-lived 10 Things I Hate About You series. Listen. Which I find so funny because Jordan Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt was Cameron. Exactly. Okay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt compared to Nicholas Braun is such a stark contrast. Okay, exactly opposite, but he plays Cameron amazingly. I love 10 Things I Hate About You, the movie, so I also watched the show, which I, I also enjoyed a lot. And he is a perfect Cameron. He's so good <laughs> at it. Like I said, Himbo King. Himbo King. Um, he, this is, my favorite role of his, personally, is from the Perks of Beauty Wallflower. No. <laughs> the Perks of Beauty Wallflower is a triggering, traumatizing, amazing movie. And book. And book. <laughs> and he plays, um, the boyfriend of Charlie's older sister, and he is the one who makes the mix, the mixtape that becomes Charlie's mixtape. So we see the seat, Candace is his older sister, he, she's like, hey, like, do you want this mixtape? It's, like, the fifth one he's given me. So we see Charlie in his room. He's listening to, like, the fucking Smiths or something. And then in between that song and the next song, you hear Nicholas Braun's voice. And he goes, hey, babe, I chose this song because it reminds me of your eyes. <laughs> and I think about that sometimes, and I still laugh to myself. You didn't even say his name. His name is Ponytail Derek. Ponytail Derek. He has a ponytail. That's what they refer to him the entire book, the entire movie. It's never just Derek. It's Ponytail Derek. It's so good. I love it so much. Um, the one other thing I wanted to mention from his discography, I don't, or. I have a couple more Vidi, whatever it's called. Filmography. Filmography. Um, it's called Good Kids. It was on oh, Netflix. It's about, it, it was like a little indie movie about like the summer before college. Him and his friends are like, we got to make money and do go crazy. He is like a tennis coach and he ends up fucking like all of these moms and he gets, <laughs> he gets a UTI and that's how I learned that men can get a UTI too. Wow. So. How educational. Thank you, Nicholas Braun for that. <laughs> Um, he was also in the movie version of the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yeah. Very good. Very intense. I highly recommend that movie. I haven't seen it, but yeah. It's very good. I saw a picture in his It IMDb. has Rico from Hannah Montana, and he plays one of the, like, prison cops. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, what, oh, he was in the movie How to Be Single, which is fine. <laughs> I like it. It's fun. Um, and for those of you who watch Succession on HBO, he is our beloved cousin, Greg who also radiates himbo energy. Don't know him, but I love him. I love Cousin Greg. He sort of, like, conned his way into the family, and he is the punching bag for Shiv's husband, who's not biologically part of the family, because he's the only person he can be a punching bag for. Um, On Twitter, not that long ago, people were like, oh my god, did you know that Cousin Greg is the -the glow-in-the-dark kid from Sky High? And I'm like, yes, I know that. I knew that the first time I saw him. How could you not recognize Nicholas Nicholas Braun? Nicholas Braun stands. Rise up. (laughs) How could you not recognize? (laughs) So yes, that's King (laughs) Nicholas Braun. I have a heart by everyone I have listed from this movie. It's only three for me, but. Oh, well, next um, we have Chelsea Kane, formerly known as Chelsea Staub. I don't know why she changed her last name. She She didn't get married. That was my uh, assumption. Nope, don't know. Yeah, um, you probably know her from uh, the Jonas Brothers show. Jonas. Jonas. Uh, she, she will see her later in Starstruck. Uh, she was in the ABC Family sitcom Baby Daddy. Uh, she was in the last season of One Tree Hill. Did yeah. not add anything to the series. I don't remember her character at all. It was only the last season. It was super dumb. Um, she does a lot of voice acting. Uh, she was in an episode of Wizards of Waverly Place. Um, she was in the Bratz movie. She did not play a brat. She played, like, the mean girl trying to take down the Bratz. Oh. And most importantly, 
she dated the lead singer of a band that I really liked. In high- I still like them. I really liked in high school. Don't look them up. They're not that good. <laughs> They're called The Somerset. She dated the lead singer, and on their first album, they have a song called Chelsea, and it's about her, and she's in the music video. It's a banging song. Look it Fun. up. <laughs> you just said don't look them up, but look up Chelsea. Yeah, but look up Chelsea. <laughs> um, uh, Derek is played by Stephen R. McQueen. Poor, there's so many Steve McQueens. <laughs> Um, he was in The Vampire Diaries, if you watched that. Yeah, I didn't, but he looked really familiar, so maybe I just saw He's him on commercials. He's also in, like, the Chicago Fire and Hoss- Chicago Does anybody hospital. watch that? I don't think I they don't do. No, Maybe, like, 50-year-old moms do. My mom doesn't. My mom doesn't. <laughs> um, we also have Dexter Darden, who plays uh, Chester. He was in the Maze Runner movies. He played someone named Frypan. Which I really like. I've never seen. I don't know anything about the Maze Runner, but I love that his name is Frypan. Um, he was in Joyful Noise. He plays Kiki Palmer's brother. I talked about this uh, whenever we watched Jump In. Joyful Noise was on TV the other day, and I made my parents watch it. It still fucking holds up. It is such a good movie. I haven't seen it in years, but I agree. Highly recommend. Um, he's also in the new Saved by the Bell series. I don't watch that. Um, we have JP Mano. That's the other heart that I put. (laughs) (laughs) He played the vice principal slash Curtis the Caveman in Phil of the Future. (laughs) I know that I've mentioned how much I love Phil of the Future, but I fucking love Phil of the Future, so. Um, I used to get him and the Dean from Community. I thought they were the same person for a very long time. I mean, they're both white, bald men. They just, like, look very similar. They also radiate the same energy. Yeah. And everyone knows that because J.P. Mano played the fake Dean in Community. Yeah. Um, he is, he's one of those people who's been on, like, one episode of everything. Um, he does a lot of voice acting, including for, like, the TV series and video games. He's the voice of Cusco from The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> as, fun. I guess, David, David Spade's too busy. Oh. Um, he, he was in ER for a while, which I did not know. Like, a serious character? I, I don't, I can't imagine that. I don't know if there's anything other than serious characters in ER. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, he was in this Disney show called Aaron Stone, which I remember seeing commercials for. Never heard um, of. And he was also in Veep, but I do not remember who he played. Um, and lastly, we have Kelly Cockrell, who played Jocelyn. She was one of the Sinister Sisters in Return to Halloween Town. Yeah. One of, like, the actual twins, not the main girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have a fun fact I remember in sixth grade reading about the Revolutionary War, and one of our vocab words was the Minutemen. Yes, I, and I was like that the too. Time Travelers. <laughs> but no, they are actually a civilian militia American group in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> yeah, whenever in the movie, whenever Charlie's like, "Who are the Minutemen?" I was like, "Oh, he's gonna explain it," because I was like, "They have to have a reason for this name." But no, whenever I learned it in history, I was like, "Oh, so no." I remember to do with like the movie. like coming across it in the history book, and yeah. that was like the first time I've been like, "Oh, that's." what (laughs) that is yeah okay so shall we begin yeah let's jump back in time let's go back in time is that how the song goes i don't remember i have no idea what you're singing (laughs) i think it's in back to the future i don't remember oh got it yeah Um, we start outside this high school and it's the first day of school. We see first day of freshman year. Yeah, we see a young, younger Jason. Do- they put braces on him to make <laughs> him seem younger. And his friend Derek get off the bus, and they're talking about how high school is gonna be awesome, and they're best buds, and it's gonna be a good time. They have a cool handshake. Yeah. And then this girl comes up. IMDb wasn't working on my phone, and so it's I couldn't Stephanie. look up her name. They don't say her name for a very long time. Yeah, it's Stephanie. 
Stephanie. Um, and they're she's, three best buds. Yeah, she's like, I got two best guys right here, which they always said in the commercial. Yeah, well, and I know that, or you can tell from the very beginning that Virgil has a crush on Stephanie. It's very obvious. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, Derek convinced me to try out for cheerleading, and Derek's trying out for football. And Virgil's just there and on the Virgil's sidelines. urging. He's like, yeah, like, go friends. Yeah. Y'all can do and it. And he's like, I'll be at the tryouts helping you guys cheer for you whatever yeah so we got the football tryouts um Virgil he's not trying out but he's like you can tell that he's like kind of like charismatic and he's like making friends with all the football yeah players. he's always like joking around so he's just chummy with like, some really of the football confident. yeah um Derek he's trying out for quarterback but he's not doing too good um and he can t- <clears throat> you can tell that apparently he's like good he's just stressed and nervous about this whole thing yeah, so all of a sudden, this boy comes driving through the football field on this, like, rocket cart, engine-powered, lawnmower-type deal. Yeah. Um, he is Derek's genius neighbor. He's, like, 12 years old, but he skipped three grades. Yeah, we, um, this is Charlie. Yeah, he's, like, riding around, like, tearing up the field. And, uh, like, almost, almost running people over. Yeah, running to the football players, cheerleaders. Um, and Derek throws the football to knock him off the car... Uh, which everyone cheers at, and the coach is impressed. Yeah, and then the jocks go, like, surround him, start pushing him around, like, in the beginning of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They're, like, (laughs) pushing him in this circle. And so Virgil comes over, and he's like, hey, like, leave him alone. He didn't mean to do this, obviously. But Virgil ends up getting, like, stuck in the middle with Charlie. And so they pick them all up. And you can kind of hear Derek in the background being like, hey, don't do that. You can hear Virgil being like, hey, um, Derek, come on. Like, these are your friends. Come on. Please stop them. But they don't do anything. So the football players carry them off. And then the next time we see them they are hanging from the ram statue at like the quad yeah there's and like the two ram horns that like curve underneath the ram's head and each of one of them charlie and virgil are hanging from those horns in cheerleading uniforms with makeup, in makeup and all this stuff yeah and so charlie apologizes to virgil and he's like sorry this happened thanks for helping me and virgil basically from the minute this <laughs> happened is like i wish i wouldn't have like if i knew what was gonna happen i wouldn't have like what a shitty person. Yeah, I, I'll i get into this later on in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Virgil asks, he's like, so what's with that, like, rocket cart thing? And Charlie's like, well, I get bullied on the bus, so I was trying to avoid it. And since I can't drive, I made this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's three years later. It's the first day of senior year of high school. Virgil is driving Charlie to school. Charlie's 14. Um, Charlie talks about this invention that he's trying to make to understand his cat's meow. Charlie, as we've learned, is, like, you know, a super genius. He makes inventions all the time. He loves science. Um, Virgil watches Derek and Stephanie arrive, like, across the parking lot, and they sort of, like, awkwardly nod at each other. Yeah, it's a very awkward moment. We realize right away they're no longer friends. Yeah, um, Charlie is, uh... He's talking about his inventions, and Virgil's like, I'm not impressed by your inventions, because you always invent stuff. Can you invent something useful that will either make us rich or famous, or both? Virgil's only concern is being rich and popular. Yeah. Um, Charlie is about to tell this person who rode up on a motorcycle that he can't ride on the sidewalk, but Virgil shuts him up, because this guy is, like, big and tall and intimidating. I forgot to mention that in Nicholas Braun's IMDb trivia, it says his trademark is towering height. (laughs) I love it. He's very <laughs> tall. Yeah. Uh, he plays Zeke. This is Zeke. 
Um, so Derek and Stephanie at lunch are sitting at the popular table, and Virgil and Charlie are sitting with the nerds. Uh, we can kind of tell at this point that Derek and Stephanie are dating. Yeah, Virgil is, like, looking longingly at their table, while at his table, they are saying, I, I put this in quotes, because they're saying, did you know pudding makes you taller? That's why you're so tall, Virgil. And then they say, electrolytes and pudding make you taller. That's simply just not true. <laughs> electrolytes don't make you taller. Like, you could just drink water and get a bunch of electro. Anyway, these are supposed to be the smart kids, and this is what they're talking about. I just wanted to point it out, because it's ridiculous. Just trying to make it fun for kids. I don't know. Yeah. Virgil is, like, senior year, and I'm still sitting at the dork table. No offense, guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then Charlie's like, well, it's probably because of the mascot incident, and then Virgil's like, thanks for bringing it up again. I can't yeah. go one day. Yeah, apparently this incident was on the yearbook cover for three years yeah who approves the yearbook cover and covered by the local news that day yeah and it's like brought up all the time yeah um Jeanette comes up to the table she greets Charlie she calls him hummingbird because she loves birds yeah um she clearly has a crush on Charlie but Charlie just like cannot talk to her (laughs) yeah he's very nervous and whenever Jeanette leaves Charlie or Virgil's like you've had she's had a crush on you for two years like what are you doing but Charlie says he's married to science yeah so that's when Virgil sees Stephanie by herself up at the soda machine he goes and talks to her and they sort of like catch up for a minute and then the bell rings you can sort of see that like they're not like it's like awkward they're not like friends anymore but they're not like mean toward each other yeah like they sort like i'm sure like this to like talk like ever like if they see each other in the hallway they might like be paired for a group project together i don't know yeah but they don't they just don't run in different the same circle anymore yeah so we cut to class and we see that people are very bored in class and that's when charlie bursts in (laughs) oh wait virgil is sitting next to zeke who is carving his name, <laughs> Zeke, into his binder. He's, like, literally carving it, like, with a knife. Yeah. Everyone's bored in class. And that's when Charlie busts in, and he's like, there's an AV club emergency. I need Virgil right well, now. Well, Charlie busts in. He's like, hello, hello. And the teacher goes, oh, do you need your booster seat? Charlie is the same height as a lot of people at this school. Yeah. And he would be a freshman if he had just started. There's no reason for him to need a booster seat. I think it's just supposed to be funny. They laugh at that, and then they laugh whenever he's talking about the AV club and meeting Virgil. And, okay, the entire time, like, Virgil's embarrassed of, like, who he is, and it's very frustrating, because if he just, like, embraced it, like, he has such good friends. Right. And he's a horrible friend back. So, anyway. So he ends up getting up and leaving with Charlie, and Charlie starts talking to him, and he's like, you remember my rocket-powered cart? And he's like... He's talking about how some one of the parts is very important, and he has this, like, new idea. He doesn't really talk about it at first. He says it's very top secret. Um, and so then he's like, oh, I saved this computer, and I can show you what the secret is. So they go in there, and he shows them. It just looks like a screensaver from the early 2000s. Yeah. and, like, um, a few graphs around yeah. it. And he's like, this is the practical application of my theory of time travel. And so, yeah. so they're running track in gym class, and Virgil is like very skeptical, obviously. Yeah, he's and Charlie, like, yeah, Charlie says with his formula, you can travel up to forty-eight hours in the past, and he continues to explain like how he did it and what's going on in cooking class. Uh, he's like, but in order to like build a time machine, we need a hardware guy in order for it to work. Um, that's when Jeanette comes up and says hi to Charlie. Uh, she has a bowl of perfectly made meringue that mm-hmm. she offers to them. She's like, I'll just go make another batch. <laughs> yeah. Um, Charlie says nothing. Uh, just because he just, can't talk to girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, yeah, in the hallway, Virgil agrees to help Charlie build the machine and find a hardware guy. But uh, only if the first time they use it, it's for whatever Virgil wants. 
Yeah. Um, so Charlie says says that the hardware guy needs to be mechanically gifted, but also require moral flexibility. <laughs> um, and that's where they stop in front of the shop class and see Zeke working on some sort of project. Yeah. So we cut to the next scene. They're all at uh, Virgil's house. And the first words we hear Zeke say, this is the moment I knew I loved him. His first lines are, your cat is freaking me out. Because same, <laughs> cats freak me out. Um, he's talking about Charlie's cat. And then they start talking about like, oh, we're doing time travel, blah, blah, blah. So he's like looking at the schematics. Yeah. And Zeke immediately understands and they're like shocked. And he's like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, I'm in, whatever. It's like, I'm tall and quiet. It doesn't I mean, I'm an idiot. Yeah, he's like, I got nothing better to do, sure. Yeah, so they're at um, his, like, family's motorcycle and bicycle garage, um, yeah. and Zeke is asking them, like, what are you going to use the machine for? And Virgil's like, we're going to, what about the lottery? And Charlie's immediately is like, no, 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 we can't do it for that. Um, but Virgil reminds him of their deal, that they have to use it for whatever Virgil wants, and Charlie's like, okay, fine. Um, and that's when they realize that they're going to need a lot of power, privacy, and space. And Charlie's like, oh! I know a place. Yeah, so they go up to the vice principal at school the next day, and they tell him that they want to start a new club, and immediately he's like, no, we don't have space, blah, 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 but they keep going, and they're like, we want room 77, and as, okay, so they're at a vending machine while this is happening, and their friend Chester is stuffed inside of the vending machine, and the vice principal is doing nothing. They're like, are you going to help Chester? And he's like, it's not my job to deal with the hierarchy of high school kids. There's a delicate social order here, and I'm not going to screw it up. Yeah, and so he keeps trying to put his dollar in, but his dollar's too wrinkly, and so they end up bribing him with four quarters to get room 77, and he's like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically the whole scene. But we just learned that the vice principal, I guess he, like, must have been a popular kid when he was growing up or something, because he wants the not-cool kids to suffer. Yeah, he does not care that kids are getting bullied and harassed. Yeah, he doesn't give two shits. Um, so we learned that room 77 was part of the old school building that was knocked down to make room for the football field, and it's, uh, the exact room 77 was, like, a fallout shelter built in the 50s. Yeah, so it's um, directly under the football field. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, they walk in, it's sort of like this abandoned, abandoned storage classroom, so they begin cleaning, um, and that's when Like Whoa by Allie and AJ starts playing. I forgot how good Like Whoa was. I was so watching. Good. I was watching this with headphones in too, so it's like right in my ears. Ooh. It was so good. Ooh, the beginning notes where it's like yes. And yeah. okay, well as they start cleaning, Virgil finds a framed picture of Nixon. On yeah, the well, there's like all this dust, so but that's the last time it's been used apparently. Yeah, and he's like very scared, which same. Yeah, we get this like sort of montage of they're like stealing computers and microwaves, and cleaning and, and parts setting everything from the up. Yeah, yeah, they eventually like, build this giant setup uh, with a diving board over this projector. Yeah. Um, so Charlie turns the time machine on, and this like light vortex appears. Um, they, like, are starting to discuss, like, who's gonna go in first. No one wants to go in first, because, obviously, it's very dangerous. So, Virgil gets Zeke's attention, and he, like, motions to Charlie's cat. So they, like, tie a rope around Charlie's cat and throw him (laughs) into the vortex. I would just like to point out, this was mentioned in the trivia, the cat's name is Einstein, and the first person to time travel and back to the future was Einstein No, the dog. His name is Albert, Albert Feline. Feline Whatever, Stein. same thing. Yeah, yeah. So they throw him in. Charlie realizes and he freaks, freaks out. out. And he's like, that's my cat. Like, you can't throw that in there. And they're like, you wanted one of us to go in I there. I would 
murder them if they took my dog and threw him into a time machine vortex. Well, it's fine, because two, second la- two seconds later, the cat comes out. It's, like, covered in ice, but it's fine. And they're like, time travel is very, like, touchy, and we need to be careful, and all this stuff. Yeah, so they had a watch that was um, attached to the cat, and the watch, after they pull it out, shows one minute before the current time, which proves nothing. Yeah, it like literally watch nothing. It, it was like a it was like a um like regular like non digital watch. Yeah. Which those are just set up by like turning the knob. It doesn't prove anything. Yeah, it doesn't, but they're like, it works. Yeah. This cat is the first thing to time travel. Um so over at uh this company called Pacific Tech, an alarm is going off on one of the computers and it reads warning, activity detected. And these workers are reading that the Summerton Sensor, which is the name, like, the town that they're in, the name of the high school, is off the charts, but there's nothing around it. Um, this other guy says, oh, like, it's probably just a glitch because we're low-ranking low and we get all the bad equipment. So we can see that the time travel activity is sort of, um, making alarms go off in higher places. Yeah. We just don't know yet. Yeah, so we cut to school the next day. Derek is telling Stephanie that Jocelyn is just his French tutor. Stephanie does not believe him because she's seen them making eyes at each other, but she eventually... So Derek convinces her by saying, she's hot, but a total bottom feeder. I would never go there. You know that. And somehow Stephanie is like... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she's just fine. She's fine with that. So Virgil watches all of this happen, and whenever Derek leaves, Virgil goes up. They talk, and they laugh about old times. This is something I guess Virgil does any chance he gets. Anytime Stephanie's alone, he's, like, swooping in. He's like, remember sixth grade? (laughs) Ha ha. And she's like, "Uh yeah. Well, and she says that she misses, like, the three of them hanging out together. And Stephanie says, Derek tried to stop the incident, and he feels really bad about what happened. If that's the case, why did he not apologize? Why are you not friends now? Yeah, I don't know why this... This one incident of Virgil getting embarrassed made the three of them not be friends. Yeah, anymore. the only thing I can think of is that if that happened and then Derek like cut off communication because right. like if he really felt bad about it, he would have told Virgil that. And it seems like Stephanie sort of got into this relationship where this like toxic relationship where Derek is sort of well, yeah, and she's like in the middle, like she wants to be friends with Virgil still, but because they're like the football and the cheerleader like preppy yeah. couple. I'm sure like Derek also knew that Virgil had a like. They were, like, sort of, like, silently competing for Stephanie. Yeah. And so he doesn't want either of them to have contact yeah. with each other. Which is why Virgil only approaches Stephanie when she's alone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Stephanie says that, and Virgil doesn't really say anything back to that. He just kind of, like, is like, whatever. Yeah, so we cut to um, Zeke, Charlie, and Virgil pre- preparing for their first time jump. Uh, they were, like, bundled up because they saw uh, the cat come out covered in ice and stuff. And they're bringing that day's winning lottery numbers. Yeah, um, and they only have 15 minutes or else they might explode. To go back in time and then come back to present time. Yeah. So, so before they jump in, um, Virgil puts on his snow goggles and says, next stop, Funky Town. In all seriousness. For no reason. I just, uh, They're going to yesterday. Funky Town. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so each of them jumps off the diving board and into the vortex. Yeah. So the lights kind of flicker in the school, but then we see them, like, fly out of the vortex, and they realize that it's worked. The time traveling back to yesterday. Charlie sings about this. He's like, we time traveled. He's, like, singing to himself. I I thought that was so fucking funny as a kid. (laughs) Me and my friends would do that to each other because, like I said, we loved Luke Benward. So, anyway. You and your friends, you and Courtney. And we had one other friend at the time. <laughs> <laughs> we had another friend. One other. 
um, yeah, so yeah. they go to a gas station. It's like the corner mart to buy yeah. a lottery ticket, but then they realize that they're not 18. You didn't think about this before you fucking time travel? I feel like I probably wouldn't have thought about that. I, I mean, like, I don't think it'd be, like, the first thing in my mind. Also, I think if they would have just sent Zeke in by himself, he would have been able to buy it. Yeah. Because he's tall <laughs> enough, but whatever. Um, so Virgil goes outside to grab this, like, robot man, you know, like, performing. Yeah, perform- the, like, street, street performers. performers. Um, and they, like, give him the numbers, and they're like, okay, can you buy these, and we'll be back tomorrow, because I only have two minutes left to get back to the school and time travel back. Yeah, and they, for some reason, thought if someone bought the ticket and it won, that they would get the money. Yeah, so briefly we see back at Pacific Tech again, there's another hit on, like, the sensors, but another guy still thinks it's just a glitch. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, we are, um, back at the Mini Mart, and there's, like, news vans and this crowd, like, in the parking lot when the three of them arrive. And um, it's announced that the robot man won the state lottery. Yeah. Um, so in the locker room, Virgil's like, okay, if we're really going to win the lottery this time. <laughs> but Charlie's like, no, we can't do that. That's cheating. Like, Charlie has a very big moral compass here. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're time traveling to begin with, so it's a little yeah. spotty, but. Yeah, Virgil talks about selling them the time machine, and Charlie's like, absolutely not. Yeah, Charlie's like, if anyone finds out about this, all of us are dead. We need to, like, use this for good and for, like, yeah, serious things. Yeah, so while this is happening, like I said, they're in the locker room. Chester comes out of the shower and opens his locker and finds that all of his clothes were stolen. Um, so walking through the hallway, Virgil and Charlie are talking. Charlie says, like, there's got to be, like, an, an important, like, useful way we can use the time machine. And Virgil just wants to be rich and popular. Yeah. Um, behind them, Chester is walking out, like, from, like, the gym area, I guess, and into the school in nothing but a towel, where the bullies are standing holding his clothes. The yeah. entire school sees him. They all start laughing. Someone takes his towel, so now he's completely naked. Yeah, in a, like, in a high school, this teenage boy, this underage boy, is naked. Yeah, the VP, the vice president walks by. He does not care. Doesn't do a single thing. And that's um, when Charlie and Virgil get an idea for the time machine. Ooh. Uh, so, Virgil and Charlie tell Zeke that they're, like, in another school hallway, their idea to use the time machine to prevent nerds from getting bullied. Yeah. Um, and this is what Virgil says. Had I known sticking up for Charlie would have ruined my entire life, I would have never done it. And again, Charlie's just, Charlie takes everything, like, in such good spirits. He's just like, yeah, thanks. But, like, yeah, he's, he's not even, like, make, like sarcastic comments. Yeah. But not as pissed as he should. We'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, in the lab, uh, they learn well, that... Virgil, yeah, Virgil's, like, making this impassioned plea to Oh, yeah, Zeke. yeah. And he says, the Minutemen must use their powers for truth and justice. This is where we get the title of the Minutemen. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're preparing for the next time jump back in the ba- in the basement with the time machine. Charlie says that, adju- like, these, like, certain adjustments must be made on the machine while they're traveling back in time, which means someone has to stay back. Yeah, they all say not it, and Charlie's the last to say it. Um, and so that's when Jeanette shows up, and she's saying she wants to join their club. It's They said that it's a Back to the Future fan club, <laughs> and she's like, I've never seen the movie, but time travel's cool. Oh my god, literally me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so um, immediately Charlie's like, oh no, she can't join, but... I, no, I love this scene so much, because Virgil, like, gets an idea, and, and he's like, he's like... Jeanette, just hold on a minute. And Charlie immediately just goes, no, 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 no. And it's, like, it's so funny the way he delivers it. And then, like, him and Virgil start, like, slap fighting yeah, they're each like, other. They are it's always so realistic. Yeah, it's really funny. So they're, and like, has to, like, break him up. They're, like, whisper yelling, like, yes, no, blah, 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 blah. And then they're, like, okay, Jeanette, we need you to help us. Yeah, um, so we immediately cut to, we, like, 
are completely skipped over them teaching her what to do. Yeah. We immediately cut to them, like, getting ready. They're like, hey, like, you know what to do? And she's like, yes. And she's like, but first, you guys need new clothes. Yeah, because they're all wearing just, like, their winter jackets and stuff, so it's all, like, mismatched and whatever. So she gives them these all-white, like, snowsuits with fur hoods (laughs) and, like, matching Matching goggles goggles and gloves. And she's like, you guys look a lot better now. Good thing my dad owns, like, a ski emporium or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they each jump into the vortex, and the Minutemen appear, uh, in the locker room after Chester looks into his empty locker. Um, Chester is sort of just, like, sitting there like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? And that's when they walk up, and he says, and they're like, Chester, we're here to save the day! And they have this bag of stylish clothes, I say in quotations. They're not stylish, but apparently they're cool. Yeah, so the bullies are surprised when Chester walks out in these new clothes, like a snapback and some chains. And and immediately everyone's like, oh, Chester's cool. (laughs) And the bullies are shocked. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the Minutemen run out behind him trying to get back to room 77. Yeah, back to the vortex. knock over the vice principal's replica of the school and get back and jump back through time. And Jeanette's like, were you guys successful? And they were like, we were successful. Yeah. And so uh, we have a little montage of them just, like, time traveling, helping people. At the same time, the vice principal and the security of the school are looking for the four snow, or the three three snow scoop suits. Snow suit guys. That's what people know them as. Yeah. So, Um, yeah. During this, we hear uh, Run It Back Again by Corbin Blue during this little (laughs) montage. It's very, very good. Um, Virgil, or, during this, we see that Virgil and Charlie realize they're being followed, and so, like, they don't know what's going on, but they know something's going on. Um, and at lunch, Virgil sees that, uh, oh, wait, did I you not even write, see? yeah, I didn't even write that part down. You can, um, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was gonna wait for you to do it, but I was like, wait, should I jump in? Yeah. Anyway, um, so, like, sort of, like, during this montage, we get the scene of Derek and Stephanie doing homework at, like, this burger joint where all the kids hang out. Um, Jocelyn... Uh, Derek's French tutor is sort of like manipulating this really nerdy worker at the place his name is Eugene to bring food to their table instead of them going to pick it up because that's like the normal way you would do it at this restaurant Mm -hmm. um her and Derek sort of like make eyes at each other yeah um and uh oh this other worker sets this wet floor sign down next to Jocelyn's table and she picks it up and removes it so whenever Eugene walks up to give them their food, he slips and drops all this food on himself. Uh, The whole restaurant laughs, including Derek, but not Stephanie, and Zeke watches this from the corner. So then we see time reverse. In order to show us that time is reversed, the clouds, we get, like, this, like, outside shot of the town, and the clouds, like, are moving forward, and they start to move backwards, so we know that time has reversed. Yeah. Um, so just as Eugene is about to fall, the Minutemen, like, prevent it, like, catch him from falling, catch his food, and somehow, like, make the mop, make a dirty mop fall on Jocelyn's table, covering them in dirty mop water. Yeah, so now everyone's laughing at Jocelyn. Yeah, and everyone's laughing at her, and they all cheer for the snowsuit guys and Eugene. Yeah. So this is when we see the vice principal and security, like, patrol in the hallways they try to blame the ski club but mm-hmm. it's dead end yeah um we get this montage of like the Minutemen waking up a girl who fell asleep in class and cleaning up her drool mm-hmm. uh they get another kid out of the vending machine they take a, a toilet seat cover off a kid's pants um the tech the pacific tech company is getting continuous alerts so the one guy like realizes it's not a glitch anymore yeah um and this is where we also see the three of them are like getting followed by most likely government agents they're just like guys in 
suits and sunglasses. Yeah. So we assume that they're government agents. Yeah, I got out of order there. But yeah, so that's whenever they're at lunch. Uh, Eugene is, like, bragging to these random people. And he's like, yeah, the snowsuit guys and I, we're, like, good friends. Like, we hang out all the time. And everyone's like, oh, so cool. And so Virgil's like, oh, yeah, like, I heard about those guys. I heard they're called the Minutemen. And everyone's just like, no, that's stupid. And they, like, walk away. And he's like, the medium height guy is really cool. Because they have such, like, Charlie's, like, really small. He's, like, 12 years old. Then there's Virgil. And then there's Zeke, who's, like, six feet tall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, Virgil's a little, like, annoyed by this because he's only doing this stuff to try and get popular, basically. Yeah, he sits down um, at a lunch table with Zeke and Charlie, and he's kind of like, you know, like, Eugene and Chester have both, like, developed attitudes. Yeah. And they're, they, like, looking down on Virgil. Yeah, they have these big egos now. This is when Stephanie runs up wearing a snowsuit guy's rule t-shirt. Merch. Somebody snowsuit guy's merch. Yeah, somebody made this, <laughs> and they are not getting the money for it. And she yeah. tells uh, Virgil that she got accepted into her dream college, but she has to wait uh, to get a scholarship to be able a to go there. Scholarship. Yeah, so the scout is coming next week, and she hopes that she can do well for it. Yeah, so Derek calls for her and she uh, walks away and uh, we pan back to the lunch table and we see Charlie like nervously eating his food. Yeah, he's like shaking. He's visibly nervous. And yeah, so and he's he like... Reveals, he reveals that he stole part of his time travel formula from NASA. Yeah, so then Virgil yells, you robbed NASA? And everyone in the cafeteria turns and stares at them. So Charlie pulls the two of them down like <laughs> under the table. Yeah. And they discuss... Um, that the files that he found were from the 1960s and they were forgotten. No one had touched them. Um, and he's like, listen, like, we shouldn't use the machine for a while. We need to lay low. Yeah, he's like, everything should be fine as long as we lay low. Uh, but then, of course, the next day at school, we see, Virgil sees that Stephanie, her leg is in a brace. And so he immediately goes to Charlie and says that they need to help her. They need to keep her from falling off the pyramids so she doesn't miss out on her chance for a scholarship. Yeah, Charlie says that, like, they can't risk everything just because of his crush. But Virgil says that, (laughs) Charlie said that the files were defunct, so it's fine. He says, we are the Minutemen, not the weenie men. Yeah, well, um, whenever Charlie's like, well, one, we're being watched, and two, you just have a, and I quote, big creepy crush on Stephanie, and Jeanette says, creepy crush? I vote yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but they, uh, yeah, because Virgil reminds them that the files were defunct, and probably no one knows that they're missing, they decide to do it anyway. Even though they've all been followed. Yeah. It's fine. Um, so, we're on the football field the day before, Stephanie's on top of the pyramid, um, Zeke is driving the three of them on a cart towards the field. They're being chased by security, and the vice principal sees them. And, uh, Virgil jumps off the cart and catches Stephanie just in time. And they have, like, this little moment where he, like, says, I don't know who you are, but you're amazing. Yeah, Virgil says something, I don't remember what it- get out. And yeah. he goes away. <laughs> yeah, but Stephanie, like, has this look of realization whenever he says, get out, because yeah. apparently no one says that. And the field cheers as they drive away. Yeah, they get back in time. They don't get caught. Everything's great. Um, yeah, so then we cut to when next day at school, Chester and his friends begin harassing the bullies, and the vice president says, that's not how things work, so you guys are getting in trouble. Yeah, he doesn't like people climbing up the social ladder. He yeah, um, Charlie grabs the school newspaper, and the headline of this school newspaper is, Robot Man Sues Old Lady. <laughs> yeah. We get no context for this. Well, yeah, so he's freaking out, because he's like, oh no, our time travel is creating a chain reaction. You didn't think about that? You're supposed to be a fucking child genius, and you didn't think about how if you time travel and change something, it's gonna affect everything? I, yeah, I mean, 
when I was 14, I don't think I knew about, now that we, I've had extensive talks about time travel with my friends, <laughs> this is something that I would realize. Well, okay, this kid is smart enough to hack into NASA and steal their files, and he did not think that there might be repercussions to time travel. Yeah. It seems unrealistic to me. I also just love the fact that, can you imagine picking up a newspaper and it just says, Robot Man sues old lady. <laughs> old lady. <laughs> not like, Robot Man sues woman for, I don't know, what would he sue her for? I have, yeah, there's no explanation. I know, okay, so the vice principal hits the robot man's car, so maybe it was, like, a car pileup. Oh, I didn't and even notice that. Yeah, maybe that's who he's suing. That's the reason. Because the vice principal sees the Minutemen, and he, like, gets out of the car and all this stuff, and it causes an accident. So maybe that's it, but. Oh, I did not know robot man was, was caused in that. Yeah. Caused in that was a part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Charlie, yeah, he immediately tells Virgil this is bad because of outplanned, unplanned outcomes and a chain reaction. He's like, Chester's also getting in trouble. That never happens. And he, like, just starts, like, freaking out in the middle of the hallway. He starts screaming, like, it's a world gone mad! And runs away. Yeah. So, obviously, like, everyone in the hallways, like, look at, like, stares and turns to them. And Virgil just goes, global warming. He's really freaked out. Which... <laughs> Is a legitimate response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we cut to Virgil at his house, and Stephanie stops by, and she's like, oh, I just came by to thank you. And Virgil's like, oh, like, thank me for what? And she's like, I know you caught me. She's like, I have it all figured out. And the entire time, Virgil's, like, denying it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. That wasn't me. through this whole scene, Stephanie learns that him, Charlie, and Zeke are the Minutemen, and they time travel. Yeah, Stephanie just assumed that they were psychic, but no, he says that they time travel, and now she knows. Yeah, so we're at a football game. Um, Zeke, Charlie, and Virgil are in the audience because Virgil says uh, someone always embarrasses themselves here, so they have to be on the lookout. Um, all the pressure is on Derek, the star quarterback. Yeah, the coach is saying that the game is riding on him, so Derek is, like, obviously a little stressed with this. Yeah, it's the state championship. Um, and on the last hike, Chester runs out streaking in front of the He's crowd. wearing boxers, but yeah. 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 Um, which distracts Derek as the- Derek stops in the middle of the play, just stares at him, and so and obviously gets, gets tackled. Yeah. There's six seconds left, he gets tacked, he gets sacked and fumbles, so they lose the ball and they lose the game. Yeah. And the entire school blames Derek. Okay, they should. If you're the fucking quarterback, <laughs> you should not be concerned about what's going on on the sidelines. Fucking play your game. Yeah, like, being, this is his fault. I don't know about football feel, like, especially when, like, you have the ball and you're so, like, laser focused. I For, like, six seconds left, you are in the play. It doesn't matter what's going on on the sidelines. Also, yeah, like, I, even being on, like, a so in a soccer game and we're, like, down by ten and I don't have the ball, I'm not paying attention to... What's, what's happening on the sidelines? And, like, Chester is, like, yelling, but that doesn't matter. Like, people in the stands he's, could be he yelling. He sits there and stands for a very long time. Like, sits there and, like, watches Chester. It's so... Oh, my God. It makes me so angry. Ugh. So. Yeah. Um, so, Stephanie, Derek, and Virgil are in Virgil's living room. Stephanie told Derek about the time travel. Way to go, Stephanie! Stephanie. Um, they want the snowsuit guys to stop Chester so he won't distract Derek. Yeah, um, Stephanie's like, uh... Derek feels like he let everyone down yesterday, blah, blah, blah. And Derek's like, well, it never would have happened if Chester didn't uh, distract me. And, you know, it's like the dorks don't even know their place anymore. Yeah. But then he tries to, like, save himself and be like, you know, I've really missed you, Virgil, and I wish things could go back to yeah, the way that like, they were. Yeah, he tries to manipulate Virgil. He's like, I really tried to stop them freshman year, and I wish we were friends again. So yeah. Virgil's like, okay. Yeah, I'll try okay. try and convince Charlie. This is, I, I put a star here, and I said I wanted to rant about loyalty. Okay, so Derek and Virgil do their old handshake, which throughout the movie, 
movie, uh, Virgil tries to do with Charlie multiple times. They do this handshake, and then at the end, they're supposed to say scorch, and Charlie says different words every time. He always gets it wrong. It's, like, kind of a funny thing. But they do their old handshake, and so I wanted to talk about loyalty and friendship and manipulation at this part because it made me very angry Derek is obviously like he knows that Virgil misses their friendship and he knows that he's the reason why they're not friends anymore but he is trying to use it to his advantage and Virgil just like misses his old friends and it's so fucking like yes it's very clear to me now that Derek is manipulating Virgil I did not see this as a child yeah well and it's so frustrating too to me because uh, Virgil has this good friend. Like, Charlie is right. his best friend. He is such a good friend. But because he misses, like, his old friends, he's willing to, like, do things that he wouldn't do, like, that compromise who he is. And, ooh, it just makes me very angry. So, if you're a friend, don't abandon your friends if you find cooler friends or something. Just, like, be a good friend, maybe. Be a good friend all around. That's it. <laughs> That's my rant. Keep your promises. It just, yeah, it made me really mad. So... <laughs> Virgil goes to Charlie the next day at school and he's like, hey, we need to help Derek. And Charlie's like, I can't believe you want to help Derek. Virgil tries like to after stick what up. happened yeah. that day. Virgil tries to stick up for him. He's like, no, like he, he says he tried to help us. Yeah, Charlie tells them that they could, might be damaging the space-time continuum and Virgil's like, no, it's okay, we can do it. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, what happened was indirectly our fault because we gave Chester that confidence. Yeah, and so now Virgil is trying to, like, manipulate Charlie. <laughs> it's a chain reaction that's not having to do with time Ooh, travel. Parallels, parallels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and again, that's the thing. So every time that, like, Derek pulls this shit with, with Virgil, it makes Virgil pull this shit with Charlie, who wants to, like, stay friends with Virgil, obviously. Right. Found a friend in Virgil. Yes, so Charlie agrees that they can do it. And yeah, so then we cut to everyone preparing for the time jump to help Derek. I didn't write this down the first time, but the first time they time jumped, Zeke brought this grappling hook. Yeah. And they're just kind of like, what do you need that for? And he's just like, you never know. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, as they're preparing again, Zeke has his grappling hook. Yeah. He has it every time. <laughs> and they're like, why do you insist on bringing that? And he's like, one day, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> yeah. Very... <laughs> Himbo energy. Yeah. Um, so they jump into the vortex. We don't Whenever they jump in, we see that Virgil's, like, holding something, but we don't really see what it is yet. We'll see it later. Oh, I did not notice Yeah. That. Um, yeah, we don't actually see them go back in time. We just see Jeanette watch the newspaper change from the school losing to the school winning. So even though no one else remembers what happened yesterday, Jeanette somehow still does. I guess maybe it's because she's so close to the vortex. I think it's because she knows that it's happening. Cause like, uh, yeah, I guess. Because uh, Stephanie, like, knows what's happening, too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, there's also an article that pops up about the snowsuit guys in the paper now, since they are the ones who, like, helped this happen. Yeah, and they each reappear. So then we should cut to Virgil is showing Stephanie and Derek a tape of Derek losing the game. Yeah. This only exists because Virgil took it back in time with him, so it was, like, with him the whole time. And yeah. so... Derek says that he's got to tell all the guys about this. And so Virgil and Stephanie are like, no, you cannot. Like, stay quiet. And he's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Virgil, you should come to this party at my house, though. We can celebrate. And Virgil's like, oh, I can't. Like, I have plans with Charlie. <laughs> he We're says, gonna... He says, oh, Charlie and I were going to watch the Weather Channel's counting down the top uh, ten, ten. hailstorms <laughs> of all time. Yeah. Which sounds like a... a bang a night to me. Well, yeah, and so Derek and Stephanie just, like, stare at him, and he's like, I didn't realize how nerdy that sounds. <laughs> no, I'll be at if the it's party. fun, if it's fun to you, it's fun. 
Yeah. Don't let anyone else feel bad about what you enjoy. Well, yeah. So we cut to the party at uh, Derek's house, and Virgil goes over to talk to Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie complains about being popular, and Virgil's <laughs> yeah, like, she's like, she's complaining about her bustling social life. Yeah, and Virgil's like, uh, I think that being popular would be nice, and she's like, actually, I think being a loser would be really cool. You guys seem like you're always having fun, and Virgil's like. No, I think you guys are having more fun than we are. So they're just like, oh my god, on the other side. No, listen, no matter what side you're on, you get more privileges when you're popular. When you're pretty. conventionally attractive. Yeah, yeah. Pretty privilege is real. Stephanie, shut up. Yeah, so this is when Derek comes over. He thanks Virgil again, and he's like, oh, like, the best buds all together again. He's like, oh yeah, thank those other nerds too. And this yeah. is whenever Virgil realizes that he never called Charlie to tell him he wouldn't be coming over. And so he's like, oh, I need to call him. And we see Derek and Jocelyn exchange a look real quick. But then uh, apparently Virgil never calls him. And then Charlie. Yeah, I guess Virgil forgot that Charlie is literally Derek's neighbor across the street. Yeah, so Charlie is looking through the window and sees Virgil dancing. And he's obviously, like, upset about this whole thing. So we cut to a scene the next day. Virgil's on the phone with Charlie apologizing profusely. And Charlie, like, reluctantly accepts his apology. And he's like, okay, but I'm really worried about the ripple effect of our time travel. And that's whenever Virgil gets another call. So he's like okay I I will get rid of this other call like I'll be right back so whenever he switches over it's Stephanie crying on the phone and so Virgil's like I'll be there as soon as I can I'll be right there so he hangs up and leaves the house and goes over to Stephanie's house he left Charlie on hold the whole time yeah so at Stephanie's house he like climbs up the trellis for some reason and climbs into her room and Stephanie's like oh Derek cheated on me with Jocelyn I went over there and they were kissing and I guess this is it. We're over now. And so Virgil tries to like cheer her up and she thanks him for being a good friend. And this is whenever Stephanie's phone rings and it's Derek and Stephanie's like, okay, I'm going to talk to him. We really need to just end things now. And that's whenever Virgil leaves. Uh, we briefly see a hole on the football football field. It like rumbles. Like, yeah. It, we see it like appear and then disappear really quickly. The technicians at Pacific Tech are like explaining all these ir- irregularities that they found to their boss. Um, and they're like, everything is like stemming from uh, the high school. And they're like, listen, do you have contacts at the FBI? Because we think this might be going on. So clearly, the more, like, they keep, Virgil keeps insisting on time traveling, even though Charlie's like, I am so worried we're gonna, like, do something really bad. Yeah. So we see them at, we see Virgil and Derek at the diner. Derek says, you don't know what it's like to be me. Great athlete, hugely popular. I mean, it's like people expect me to play the field. (laughs) This is the literal definition of Jamie from the last five years. He's like, I'm expected to be faithful to a girlfriend. I'm popular and hot. People want me. How am I supposed to be faithful? Fucking piece of shit! He's just complaining about how hard it is, and he's like, and actually, I didn't cheat because Jocelyn kissed me, and so it's not cheating. And I didn't kiss her back, so it's not cheating. Excuse me, if you did not do everything in your effort to prevent Jocelyn from this happening, it was very clear... We all saw what was happening, Derek, and you did nothing to stop it. Yeah, so Derek's like, I need you to help me time travel, so step- First of all, he says, so Stephanie doesn't see me, so he's not even- He doesn't even say, like, prevent this for- for, or, like, even, like, make me look good, so I'm, like, pushing Jocelyn away. No, so Stephanie doesn't see, and Virgil's like, why would I do that? And so Derek goes into this whole thing, manipulating Virgil again, saying, like, it was a big mistake, and I really liked how the three of us could hang out together, and I want us to do that again, but, like, if we don't do this, then Stephanie will never forgive me. Yeah, so so Virgil says he'll think about it. Yeah. 
Um, so walking home, these FBI agents just, like, pull up in a van and kidnap Virgil. <laughs> yeah. They take him to, uh, like, their base operation for this investigation. Yeah. Uh, Zeke and Charlie are already there. And the head agent, Rehnquist, tells them that in 1969, after the moon landing, the U.S. made investments in scientific research, including time travel. Uh, they all pretend to be surprised. They're like, what? Time travel? That's sci-fi. Uh, but there were no results from this project, and it was shut down, and the files weren't touched until two months ago. <laughs> and the computer that hacked NASA was traced to the high school. Uh, Charlie's about to confess, but yeah. Zeke, like, pulls him down. Well, yeah, and then Virgil's like, you can't hold us without a charge. You have to let us go. I took a government class. So yeah. they let them go, and the one agent is just like, why are we doing this? And they're like, we can get more from spying on them. Yeah. <laughs> so outside, Virgil blames Charlie for having the FBI watch them. And Charlie's like, I want it to stop. Yeah, he wanted to stop weeks ago. And so Zeke backs but, up Charlie. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, you just wanted to be popular, Virgil. Yeah. Um, Charlie is angry that Virgil is just consumed with being popular and... Um, he leaves, and Zeke's like, you know, like, I should have never done this. I'm better off on my well, own. I okay. always should have. Then Virgil turns, and he says, you know what, Zeke? You benefited from this, too. We took you out of, like, your loneliness and made yeah. you friends with us. And Zeke is just like, what the fuck? Like, you better shut up. He's I like, I'm better off on my own. I'm leaving. Bye. Well, yeah, he tells Virgil to shut up. And then I said, this is when I realized Zeke is the himbo man of my dreams. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so they both end up leaving Virgil by himself. At home, Virgil looks kind of upset by himself, and that's when Darren Eric calls again and he's like are you gonna time travel are you gonna help me and Virgil just says yes even though literally Virgil pay fucking attention the FBI is watching you Ugh. so Jeanette wakes up Charlie the next morning yeah in hit like she's shaking his bed and waking yeah, she's him like, up your mom let me in <laughs> yeah um uh, Charlie his data that he like started calculating last night finished and it's revealed that they've created a black hole due to their time travel. Yeah, so Charlie and Jeanette go to the FBI and they tell them everything. They're like, I stole the files, we were time traveling, yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, the specific stuff. tech team that we've that we've been seeing this whole movie, they're there, like, presenting to the FBI. And he's like, okay, like, so you, and the, the team is like, yeah, like, we know you've been time traveling. And Charlie's like, oh, so you know about the black hole? And everyone's like, what? <laughs> and they're and they're like we we ran through everything we we didn't come up with any black hole and Charlie like grabs their paperwork and he's like I noticed at least six decimal points that weren't carried over yeah and they're like oops I guess you should work for NASA they yeah so Charlie that. starts starts explaining that this black hole that they created will first swallow Somerton and then the United States and so on and according to Charlie's research they have less than four hours until the end of the world but. Charlie has an idea of how to reverse it. It's a long shot, but it's their only option. Yeah, so Virgil and Stephanie, there's this dance that they mentioned, like, last scene once. There's a sock hop dance happening tonight. Yeah. It's, the theme is rock around the clock, because, you know, time travel. Yeah. Um, Virgil, yeah, he goes with Stephanie. Um, Derek is there. He tells him that, like, everything's set, and they'll go as soon as they announce, like, the winners of king and queen of the dance. They'll go, like, down to the time travel room. Yeah. Um, Virgil tells, I don't know, they have, like, this stupid They moment. have this stupid scene where Virgil asks Stephanie if she believes that one moment can define a person's life or, like, change the course of their life forever. And Stephanie's like, uh, I don't fucking know, maybe. And Virgil's like, that moment's about to happen. <laughs> so the vice principal gets up and he announces the king and queen and it's Virgil and Stephanie. So they go up and Stephanie's like, oh my god, I can't believe it. And Virgil's like, well, you better. I went back in time to stuff the ballots. And she's like, 
wait a damn minute, what the fuck? So they go and they start doing their first dance. And Stephanie's like, did you really do that? And he's like, yeah, I mean, you would have won, but I'm a loser. I couldn't have won. So they like slow dance for a little bit. And yeah, they're about to kiss, but Derek pulls Virgil away. He's like, it's time, it's time. And Virgil's like, "Mm, I don't know, no, man. I was about to kiss Stephanie. Yeah. But as they're like running away, um, Derek's like football player friends think that Derek wants to fight Virgil because he came to the dance with Stephanie. So the students all start like following them to chanting fight. Yeah. So like, I don't blame him. I probably would do the (laughs) same thing to like watch the fight. Um, Charlie and Jeanette run into the gym looking for Virgil. Um, but. Uh, they ask Stephanie, and she's like, I don't know, he ran away with Derek, and they're all like, he's gonna travel back in time. Yeah. He can't do that. Yeah. Um, so in the hallway, Virgil's telling Derek, he's like, I don't know if I want to help you anymore, and Derek's like, uh, oh, like, don't tell me you're trying to steal my girl. He says, buddies don't do that to each other. Oh, Derek! (laughs) So, Um, yeah, the students and Charlie, like, catch up with them, um, and then the CIA, the FBI, and the Bureau of Weights and Measure, all, Weights and Measures all arrive, and... Uh, they, this whole, the black hole, like, drops in the football field, and everyone goes outside. Yeah. So, all the organization people, all the adults, plus the three, are, like, down at the time machine. Um, Zeke, Virgil, and Charlie are supposed to go inside the black hole to close it. Um, they have to take a remote pack that Charlie made to control their jumps. These children are the only ones who can do it because they know the equipment best. Yeah, Virgil tries to be a hero, and he's like, I'll go in it alone because I fucked everything up. But they're like, you don't know how to fucking do this, Virgil. No, we're all gonna go. Yeah, and (laughs) Zeke walks up and he says, you'll be needing me too, sir. End my hook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So the snowsuit guys are unmasked as they walk down the hallway of fans. Yeah, Jocelyn comes up and kisses Charlie and tells him to come back in one piece. Oh, sorry, yeah, Jeanette, not Jocelyn, <laughs> Jeanette, and Charlie's just, like, stunned, I'm assuming this is his first kiss, and he's just like, oh, okay, if I die, well, this is the second time that Zeke <laughs> has to completely pick Charlie up off the ground. It's very humorous, I enjoy it a lot. Yes, <laughs> he's shocked. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, like, news reporters, everyone's cheering for them, um, Stephanie and Virgil just say, like, these last words to each other, and the crowd chants for the Minutemen as they jump inside the black hole. Yeah, they land at this random park, and these kids approach them, but they have to, like, they ha- they're on a time crunch. Yeah, they, they have like, to set up this antenna. They set up their gear, and they, like, send this the, this light ray straight into the hole that's in the sky. Yeah, Charlie um, is like, okay, we did it. We have 20 minutes until the vortex touches the ground, and then we jump back. Uh, Virgil finds a newspaper sitting on a bench, and he realizes that it's the first day of freshman year. Freshman year. It's the day of the incident. So Virgil runs off, and so Zeke and Charlie are like, oh my fucking god, he's gonna try and stop this. Like, the reason that it's this day is because the first day that Charlie used the rocket cart, and that's, like, part of the equipment that was used for the time machine. Yeah, but they realize, like, he's trying to stop what happened, as if he didn't realize that whenever you do shit in time <laughs> travel, there are consequences for your actions. Yeah, Virgil's, like, running down the stands of the football field, but Zeke and Charlie Charlie stop him and they're like wait 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 wait. like no you can't do this and Virgil's like no like I have to do this this is like everything I wanted and Charlie admits he's like listen I love this day you may hate this day but I love this day because I made my first real friend and this I remember like watching this as a child and like this like changed I was like oh my god Virgil's such a dick well, yeah, yeah, Charlie has to be, like, this is my favorite He finally it- stands up for himself. Yeah. And he's, like, you complain every single day that you are friends with me. Yeah. Well, and he's, like, you are the reason why we're, like, this happening is the reason why we're friends. And, like, this is so important to me. And especially for, like, he's a child. He was, I don't even know, like, t- 11 years old when yeah. he started as a freshman in high school. Like, 
clearly he probably did not fit in well. Yeah. And this is the first day that, like, a kid who's in his class, who's, like, the age of his other class members, became his friend. Yeah. As this sentiment hits us very hard, it does not hit Virgil hard. So Charlie's like, okay, do whatever, but, like, this is our friendship that you're gonna ruin. And he walks away, and Zeke kind of does the same thing. He's just like, think about what you're doing. Like, do whatever you have to do, but, like, Charlie's a good kid, and you're right. gonna, like, fuck with his emotions if you right, do like, this. even as, like, I, like I said before, I didn't notice, like, how much of a dick Virgil was being throughout this whole movie. Yeah. But this scene, like, also props to Luke Benward for this scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember, like, as a child, I was like, oh, Wow. <laughs> yeah, and so Virgil is watching what happens. He watches them, um, like, pick them up and all this stuff, and he sees that Derek is the one to suggest dressing them up as cheerleaders. Yeah, so. he sort of he sort of stops. He um, is watching, like, what's happening. The, fo- the football player is picking it up, and then he sees Derek go, like, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. Like, and we think this is, that this is going to be where Derek is about to, like, stop them, mm-hmm. but he holds up some lipstick and says, why don't we smear this on them? So we learned that Derek didn't do anything. Yeah, he didn't try to, like, stop them. He actually made it worse. Yeah, everything that he, that he said, this whole movie, what he told Stephanie, it's all been a lie yeah. the whole time. The other thing I wanted to mention at this point is that, so they're seeing their past selves when they tra- time-traveled this time. How did they not see no their past selves? Yeah, and how did they not run into their past selves? Like... Yeah, I question this, especially at the end of the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of holes in this time-travel world that we're living in in this movie, but whatever. Um, yeah, uh, so Zeke and Charlie are together, and Charlie, re- he gets a notification, and he realizes that if the Vortex touches down, they're gonna be stranded there forever, so they need to get back yeah, to the, the Vortex, vortex like, went into overdrive, there's less time than they originally thought. Yeah, so and they start running, um, and <laughs> they're on the way back to the playground, Charlie trips, but, like, I watched this, like, three times, <laughs> because with Ben Reed, he kind of, like, does this skip and then falls over. Yeah. Um, and he just gives up. He's like, we're a mile away. We'll never make it. Yeah. But that's when Virgil arrives in the rocket cart. Amazing. Uh, Virgil and Charlie make up real quick. And then Virgil, the voice of reason, says, hey, guys, this is nice, but we need to focus. Yeah, Virgil finally realizes that he's had a good friend for the past three years. And he's been treating him like garbage the entire time. Yeah, um, so they start driving, but then Virgil misses the street to turn to go back toward the playground, but it's okay, because Zeke uses his grappling hook! They, like, up, like come up on this cul-de-sac, he, like, takes the grappling hook and it wraps around this, like, lamppost in the middle, so they're able to turn in a complete circle, like, in this, like, sharp, like, small complete circle without falling around, so they're going at, like, hydro blast or whatever. Yeah. And go back, and they, um are driving, like, straight toward the vortex vortex mm-hmm. at the playground, and they barely make it back through the hole just in time. Yeah, they land on the football field during a PE class, and so they're not sure, like, what day it is yet. Inside, the v- the vice president sees them, and he just rolls his eyes, I so they know so. that, like, he doesn't know what's going on, because they're in their, like, snowsuits Right, because he was on a vendetta to catch the snowsuit guys the whole time. Yeah, and so they quickly realize that it's the first day that they ever time-traveled. Yeah, because they walk into the library, and we see the scene again where Derek is trying to convince Stephanie that he's not cheating on Jocelyn. Yeah, and whenever he walks by uh, all of them, he's like, okay, bozos. And this is when Virgil stands up to Derek and he's like, hey, like, have fun with Jocelyn. And Derek's like, what are you even talking about? Like, blah, 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 blah. But Derek... And he's like, you both know a lot about lipstick. I wish this was much more satisfying. Yeah, it's not. But Derek says... You would have always been a dork. I know it. And then uh, Virgil says, well, you would have always been a jerk. And that's, like, the end. Virgil goes up to Stephanie. Well, wait. Jeanette comes up to Charlie. 
And Charlie, <laughs> she she's like, hey, cockatoo, because he always she always calls him bird names. Yeah. And he goes, hey, pumpkin, and immediately kisses her, which freaks <laughs> her out. And Zeke's like, Charlie, she hasn't kissed you yet. <laughs> this doesn't happen in this timeline. Yeah, so Charlie, like, yells, and she's like, like, I'm oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. But we can see her, like, smile a little bit. So I she's love, just flustered. I love that Charlie realizes that, like, this kiss that he planted on her freaks her out <laughs> instead of just being like, oh, like, I'm the man. Like, yeah. this is what we're talking about with respecting women. He's exactly. like, oh, I'm so sorry! <laughs> well, okay, and that's the thing I want to say about himbos. Himbos doesn't necessarily mean that they're dumb. It just means that, like, overall they respect women. But it also means that they're a little ditzy sometimes, which Charlie definitely see, is. See, yeah, like, my definition of a himbo is they're usually larger than yeah. your average man. Yeah. They are good looking. Mm-hmm. They respect women. Above all else, they respect Above women. Above all else, they respect to women, and they might not always catch the drift. They may not be <laughs> the brightest crayon in the box, but that's okay. And they're really sweet. Yes. <laughs> my favorite himbo is Nick Andopoulos from Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> I do love him. Uh, my favorite himbo is Harvey Kinkle. Oh, I love Harvey Kinkle. <laughs> from the original Sabrina, not Ross right. Lynch. fuck that. Okay, anyway, sorry, fuck back to the story. <laughs> um, yeah, so he kisses Jocelyn, she walks away, but we see her smile, so it's Jeanette. okay. He does not kiss Sorry, Jocelyn. <laughs> Jeanette. I talked about Jocelyn earlier. The two J names, it's confusing. Yeah, so Virgil approaches Stephanie, and he's like, and she's like, what's with the snowsuits? And he's like, we're doing a play about time travel, and it got me thinking, what would I do now? And I would tell Stephanie, she's great. And Stephanie says, I would tell Virgil, he's also great. Yeah, Stephanie says, <laughs> it's like supposed to be like this moment, but they're both just like, you're great. Stephanie's just like, same Z's. Uh, Charlie comes over raving about teleportation, <laughs> and that's whenever Virgil, um, And Zeke, like, pull him away. They're like, Charlie? No. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so they literally drag him away, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I'm like, okay, if they had traveled back in time to this moment, their past selves would have been there. Exactly. That's why it just, it doesn't- like, his past self would have been in the library, watching Derek and Stephanie. Exactly. He like, wouldn't have just disappeared. Yeah. It's like the third Harry Potter, whenever, like, Hermione knows- she sees herself, and she knows, like, what's going on. Right. Like, like it would have made sense if they- like, if there was at this moment they traveled back in time, so when they came back to, like, where their themselves were gone, if yeah. that makes sense. They just need to, like, hide out until they get to the present day. Or maybe there's always going to be two of them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like, know how it you would, fix it that. Would not, but... Like, their past selves would definitely be there. Yeah, it doesn't and, like, make sense. like, maybe that's, like, too complicated for a Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know a way to, like, work around that, so I, I guess don't know. they just I ignored mean, like, it. It didn't take I didn't question it as a, chil- a child, right. so. I mean, maybe now that I've seen more films and had more in-depth discussions about time travel. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it didn't take, like, even, like, watching it now. Like, I thought about it, but it didn't, like, take me out of the movie yeah. as much as it would. It's a little plot hole, but it's fine. It doesn't, right. it doesn't detract <laughs> from the movie. Yeah, that's the end. Did you have? That's the end of the movie. That's it. Did you have any quotes? Um, oh, yes. <laughs> I already said it. <laughs> it's, uh, terrible. Um, where is it, where is it, where is it, where is it? Nope, not there. Hold on. Let me find it. Um, I would just like to say mine is anytime Charlie opens his mouth. Um, especially whenever he's, like, trying to say scorch, he'll say, like, starch, or, I don't know, he says, like, different things, and I always thought that was hilarious um, as a kid. My favorite quote is whenever Derek is trying to convince Stephanie that he's not cheating Jocelyn, so she, so he says, she's hot, but a total bottom feeder. I would never go there. You know that. Ugh. I don't know who wrote, a man wrote this movie. Absolutely, yeah, he did. <laughs> How did you rate and rank this? So 
I give this a three and a half out of five. I almost gave it a four, mm-hmm. but I was like, mm, I don't, I don't know if it's if it's like just there. I re- I would like definitely watch this movie again. Yeah, uh, I. Oh, sorry, where did ahead. you put it? I put it at number twenty four below a two double hockey sticks and above Tiger Cruise. I gave this a four out of five. I was not like looking forward to this because I just didn't remember a lot about it. I forgot how much I loved this as a kid, so that's definitely a part of it. But also, like you said, like it holds up. Like it's right. so good, and I would watch <laughs> this again. So I put it at number fourteen. Double teamed is above it, and Jump In is below it. And I'm very excited because we are really getting it. I mean, we've said this every week, I feel like, but we're getting it to the kick of, like, the prime of these movies. Next week is Camp Rock. Oh, goodness. I am so excited. You have no idea. I have so much to say. It's going to be great. It's going to be. I have as much to say. You don't, but I do. I, Camp Rock didn't have as much as an effect on me as High School Musical did. I will be carrying the next episode about Camp Rock because <laughs> Camp Rock. Someone's met- gonna comment and be like, "Kelly carries every episode." <laughs> <laughs> no one comments on anything. Who are you? Comment. Abby, I don't know who you are. Abby will text us and say, "Kelly carries every episode." <laughs> but yeah, Why am I even on this podcast? <laughs> next week, Camp Rock. We'll see you then. We see rock. You then. We die. <laughs>